Welcome to the Planted Mindset Podcast. So today I'm joined by Sean Whedon. She is a presenter, professional natural actress with lots of experience in stage, film and TV, and particularly likes theatre, um, but is also an entrepreneur running her own catering company. She's also a mum who unfortunately recently discovered she has a wobbly heart. So we're going to be talking in a lot more detail of what that actually is for her and what it actually means. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Welcome to the Planted Mindset Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. So let's hit the ground running, Sean. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. So I'm Sean Whedon. I live in Nantwich in Cheshire and I own uh, two businesses. I own a cafe bar in Nantwich and also a catering company called Ginger Catering and Events. So we supply um, local sports teams with nutritional meals, balanced meals, uh, look after the hospitality at Crew Alex Football Club um, and at the moment are sending out nice uh, balanced home cooked meals to uh, families and houses across Cheshire. Um, so that's me. My history goes back a bit further in that I'm also a trained actor and presenter as well, but um, currently focusing on my catering businesses. I think that's very much needed at this time, isn't it? I think they must be truly grateful for, for that extra uh, support of getting like not just nutrition in the catering, but, but good food, because I'm sure obviously that's something that's going to be very important to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's um, I think people have had enough of uh, takeaways and overindulgence and it's just nice to get some really balanced cooked meals at home without having to um, dirty your hands yourself. <laughs> it's all about convenience, but not having convenience food, isn't it? And that's, the, that's the balance, isn't it? To have I'm going to use that, Natasha. I just it just came out I can't even remember what I just said now but yeah but yeah it makes sense doesn't it um because we all want to to have good nutritious food uh, because it tastes good but at the same time life doesn't always make it easy for us to make those choices does it so absolutely absolutely so hopefully we're, we're helping a few people out there Oh, well done. Oh, that is absolutely fantastic. And I know, obviously, that has a deeper meaning for you, even more so now about um, fueling the body with good food. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got quite um, a un- unique story, really, to tell. Um, so f- could you explain and or share with us why you've got um, a different perspective about balance? Yeah, absolutely. So it's been um, an interesting year for me in that I started the year in, um, you know, a great situation where I was had businesses, um, was doing still some presenting and acting work and was very much into exercising and would describe myself as as you know as fit and healthy and um, as I actually went into lockdown one I probably took that to some extremes in that I'm the sort of person that I have quite an obsessive nature so if I'm keeping fit then I'm really keeping fit but I think it was just bordering on on actually being a little bit unhealthy in that I was restricting certain food food types and was was really concentrating on how it was making me look rather than what it was doing to make me fit 
fitter and healthier inside. Um, and then I was handed a big dose of perspective in lockdown two, when um, following some issues with actually doing the exercise that I've been so used to doing, I was struggling with my breathing and struggling with household chores and things that were really easy to me were, were becoming really, really quite difficult. And um, following lots of different consultations and um, asthma tests and COVID tests and chest x-rays, um, it transpires that an, an underlying heart condition that I knew about when I was younger but wasn't really, um, had never affected me before, had progressed into um, the beginning first signs of heart failure. And um, yes, yeah, so I remember opening up the letter from the cardiologist mid-lockdown to read um, unfortunately, your MRI scan has shown that you are showing first stages of heart failure. Here's, you know, a number of different medications to take and we'll see you soon to talk about it in person. Um, so that was, yeah, in a nutshell, um, the last six or seven months. Um, following on from that, I'm, I'm now progressed in that um, the solution to my issue is that I will need to have a pacemaker um, implanted, which will be happening in the next um, seven to ten days. I have found out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been waiting for some genetics results, and um, unfortunately, the um, the Oxford labs have been rather busy. I understand coming up with facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this result that I was expecting after six weeks is now six months down the line, but hasn't appeared. And so we're having to to take a little bit of a punt on which device it is they're going to put um, to put in. But it's it's going to be a a reconstruction pacemaker. Um, and yeah, in the next couple of weeks, so that will be me, bionic woman. But no, it has um, absolutely changed my perspective on life which is such a sweeping statement isn't it but when you are faced with a conversation that is you know you might need to have a defibrillator implanted because you're at risk of sudden cardiac arrest um things things suddenly become clearer the light is switched on so to speak Natasha yeah I mean I it is actually trying to really understand how that must actually feel because we do take our life for granted we just merrily go on our way and, and I think COVID has given a big dose of reality and changed mm -hmm. that but I, even then I don't think we're truly present all the time and you know we we don't practice gratitude and that well I say we you know like lots of people do mm -hmm. um, you know millions do mm -hmm. but but I'm saying in general um, being grateful for the body that we have and inhabit and what it does that is so magical that we take for granted absolutely and something doesn't quite work right we we never we, we we're very vocal about complaining when something doesn't work but we don't celebrate enough when it's all going well do we and that's the big thing no, no we don't and you know what it's absolutely taught me is that that trying to fix your body from the outside um just that's not the important thing. It's just not the important thing. And when you start doing the reverse of that and eating and fueling and looking after yourself from, you know, what it is that you're putting inside you and how you're treating yourself and self-care 
actually the aesthetic suddenly becomes easy because you're just you're answering to what it is that your body needs it becomes intuitive rather than a forced um diet you know something some something that you're putting on yourself it becomes much more organic and much more natural and it and it and i do feel incredibly lucky to suddenly feel like that way about food and nutrition and health because um, it's just taken such a weight off apart from anything else the the guilt that I would put myself under if I'd eaten a biscuit or you know ridiculous things like that which um, have just you know they they've just made life less complicated in some ways um, for me. Uh, yeah I, I get you and I think it's from a place of um judgment that we're always judging ourselves and being our, our, our harshest critic but like you say from from a diet perspective it's never sexy is it to say oh eat this way eat that way and always having mm -hmm. that outcome but I'm very much in the same uh, alignment as you with regards to certainly for my clients and my program it all starts with the mindset first really um, but for you obviously you had a body you know obviously catastrophe so to speak that that halted you up to change now it that other people take the opportunity before something like this happens that's the point isn't it don't wait for something and and don't get me wrong obviously as you said it's it's absolutely that that light and dark has opened up something else but you also naturally would say well don't don't suffer if you don't have to, um, you know, take these switch, you know, make these switches, make these changes, um, because we never actually know the the other side of the coin, do we, until it actually happens. And once that does, you, you can't change it. So um, don't wait for something as major as this to make those switches if you can. Would you agree? With yeah, that? absolutely. That that that's exactly what it is that I'm trying to share, because and I know that I've, you know, I've heard people say similar things to me before, and it's so easy to, to kind of, dis yeah, yeah, and you really don't believe that anything like this will ever happen to you, but, but it, it does, and if, if you can be ahead of the game, and, you know, my cardiologist said to me that so many people actually have got similar conditions to me. But because I am, because I was fit and healthy, I recognized that I was struggling. Whereas for people that aren't fit and healthy, they, they can't, they don't, they didn't, they wouldn't recognize that they're struggling in the same way. And so maybe wouldn't draw attention to it. And he said, you know, if, so for myself, I'd put myself in a better chance for this to have been spotted. And the earlier that these things are found, the better, because, you know, yes, I'm going to be able to have a pacemaker or defibrillator implanted, but if it was never discovered, well, it's, it, you don't even want to think about what the outcomes are, but that happens a lot. And so it is about really taking stock about what's important and, when I say what's important, I mean family and I mean friends and I also and I mean happiness and health and all of those things that we think that we're putting first and we think that that's what we're doing. But actually, if you really look down and drill down into your behaviour and how you respond to life's challenges and on a day-to-day -day basis, where you're spending your time, what decisions you're making... I think people will quite quickly realise that 
that actually it's not those four things that are top of the list at all. I think you've hit uh, so many uh so many influential points there uh, one about behaviors and the habits um being present and being mindful of those but yeah what is happiness to you um and digging deep sometimes that can be quite painful for for some people because you know it may link to to other issues or traumas or stuff and 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 they could be existing not actually living but also when you're saying from a health perspective that you picked up on the signs, whereas someone else, a lot of the time, like the body's very clever. It's giving you warning signs, but so many people do dismiss them. And that's why it is fatal for many people because they ignore, They, you know, there'll always be those little signs, small, and then they get bigger and then they become disease. And like you said, being aware of your body and, and noticing those differences and I, I can't fail to, to mention obviously the um, Dr. Cardinal Esselstein um, who was obviously the um, heart surgeon he's retired now but you know he was fixing um, hearts uh, you know ten a penny and you know and it's one of those things you can fix and or try to fix try to fix try to fix try to fix but you have to go back further than that and going back further obviously there are always genetic uh, propensities to some sort of disease but also a lot is down to um, our lifestyle as well so there's there's a mix of everything and whilst that can sound you know bad it's also good so it actually means that we have the ability like you said if you hadn't been as fit um, the outcome could have been completely different you could you potentially could have just had a heart attack um, so by us changing our lifestyles and ultimately what we eat, we, we're giving ourselves the best chance of not just living, but living well as well. And that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. It's living a fulfilled life. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I try and as I've been talking about it, which isn't for very long, because this is all really very new to me. Um, I know that in whatever it is, two weeks' time, I will have a constant reminder um, in my chest, which is reminding me that, that you know, my heart is a pumping organ. It's, it's vital to our survival, as are, you know, everything else, you know, inside of us. And I'm almost, that, that reminder for me is actually, I, th I think it's, I think it's a great thing because, we do feel, I think, sometimes that we're invincible, don't we? We, we? we somehow just get stuck in the rut of everyday life and forget that we are these human beings. And to have this constant reminder of your mortality, actually, it sounds very heavy and it sounds very deep, but I think it gives you this amazing freedom to be able to trust your instinct and trust that your body will guide you. And if, if it isn't feeling great and it isn't suffering, it will tell you. And in the same way as that if it needs you to give it some sort of nutrient, then it will ask for it. So to not deny it that and to be able to give into that, that trust and that instinct, it's, you know, it's almost going back, isn't it? You know, it's going back into whatever primary caveman and um you know taking it taking it listening really really listening to it um so it's been just such a massive journey and eye-opener for, for me really and I guess just just if I can try and share 
that feeling to make people just think for a moment and just take a little look at their own lives and try and put themselves into that position where if they were faced with something right now, could they honestly say that they are treating themselves and their body? Are they giving themselves the best opportunity that they can? Um, and if the answer is no, then change it. You know, just change it. That You know, that's what I'd say. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously it's, it's going to be, like you said, um, a, a difficult transition for you as you know you know obviously being bionic and having that <laughs> as a reminder and everything that comes with it but like you said almost that that gratitude of the body that you mm. I'm not saying you did or didn't but but mm-hmm. are truly grateful for yeah, no. now and I I the, the way I can um understand that is that my husband had cancer um a few years back now and I think it was life-changing for me of that we're not infallible Um, yeah and and he did nearly die on the operating table and and, um I think it had a profound effect on me that we can be so um dismissive of this amazing receptacle that we're in um, and expect it to do so much when we give it no care and attention we 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 spend more money and more time on our cars and getting them serviced than we do our own freaking bodies um why don't we why do we not invest in our you know oh i'm not investing in that or i'm not investing oh it's too much why it's the only body you've got and i just think that i pretty much from that point was was how I actually changed and and moved into fitness it had that much of a profound effect on me to know that I'm not getting any younger and if I want to live well I don't know what's around the corner like you say like you can do everything right but you could still be hit with something because it isn't simple like that but you can even the odds or better your odds by what you do and it's the simple Mm. things it shouldn't be about having you know a specific diet should be about a lifestyle and that has to be done day in day out Mm. um and i actually transitioned to to being plant-based um that didn't come off the back of that but it it was a subsequent next path because it was like well I want to be fit and well so I want to make sure that I'm fueling my body with the best um you know food and nutrients and then it went one step further and I think all these things and you start reading research and you go oh wow you know not that I'm advocating that anyone should or shouldn't that's just my decision but one thing I would say obviously that, that that is done and known is that you know reduce processed foods and sugar and increase your fiber because all of those things you know and, and fat obviously because I there's most surprising point I learned was that you could be uh, increasing your risks of atherosclerosis in your 20s don't think this happens to to us in our 30s 40s 50s 60s or whatever mm. oh that's the heart attack age or that's when the heart mm. goes you know a bit wobbly no 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 mm. no, no. that can happen in your 20s um and yeah. you're laying down that store um i didn't have a clue back then <laughs> i didn't have a clue you know so again it's if if someone's understanding and thinking oh my god and it helps them to change they'll never know that they've avoided something dramatic because they won't have had it <laughs> yeah yeah abs- uh, absolutely and when you you know you you were talking about the you know the, the the money that people spend and 
I've definitely changed my mindset on that in that um people have said to me before gosh you know those that's that's expensive you know when you're picking up whatever your nuts or your seeds and all of that kind of stuff and and but relative to what you know relative to what the the design of makeup that I might have bought you know it's um it, it just does put put it into so much perspective and it isn't it isn't even just the body and your health it's a real lifestyle um circle as well in that you know there are so many people that are doing things in their lives work-wise um and everybody's thinking about this so much at the moment because we've got time to reflect haven't we and you're you know obviously you made your change to 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 move in and do fitness which you love and now i'm i'm just so clear that whatever it is that i'm choosing to do in my life has got to be something that i am enjoying and if you are spending a lot of time you know moaning about what it is that you're doing and moaning about your life and not being happy with it again i would just say change it up because what are you waiting for are you waiting for the time when you're not able to anymore because what's the point in that you know, uh, I, you, you, you've hit on a point there. It's that we're not then optimally going in flow. And if we're not going in flow with ourselves and we're having resistance, then we're causing stress. If we're causing stress, then that increases inflammation. We cause inflammation yeah. over a long period of time. That then leads to chronic diseases. Chronic diseases are, guess what? Heart disease. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all it's of the, the others are cancers. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all about taking care and looking after yourself. And the signs are all there. And we actually, I believe we already know the answers to our questions we're just not acting on them um so what does it take to make sure that you are acting on the answers to the questions that you already know you know don't let it be something you know horrendous make that change before you get there um and then you may not end up getting there at all (laughs) Yeah. And and you'll never know. And that's the whole point. And that's what makes it sort of difficult, because if you don't, then something could happen and you'll never get the chance. And if you do and it doesn't happen, you'll never know that you were hurtling towards. And I was having a very conversation with my husband about uh, that sort of topic this morning. So based on that, what three Mm. things do you think are the most important that you've had to change in your life? Um, that you think everyone else should uh, adopt to, obviously, if they want to get that life of balance? So I think the first thing is, and I've thought about this an awful lot, um, how to share it, because it's something that I now do really quite instinctively. So I've tried to think about how I share this with people that obviously aren't automatically going through what, what it is that I am. But I think that one of the things that... I do automatically now is to really ask myself why I am doing something and I know that it's it's an old it's it's been around before but it it's been around because it's it, it you know it absolutely works and if you are asking yourself you know why why am I making that decision to do that at work and if the answer isn't isn't an answer that is ultimately either going to help you help your health help your happiness or help your family and your friends then you need to really understand why you're making that decision so I think that your why is so important and it can be from the biggest decision that you have to make about where you live and how you're living your life to um, 
am I going to eat that donut? You know, why? And why am I going to eat that donut? Well, I'm going to eat it because actually I've worked out a lot this week and I really fancy that donut and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to feel guilty about it and it's going to make me happy. Great, eat the donut. If you're going to eat the donut and then you're going to feel guilty about eating the donut and beat yourself up about eating the donut, don't eat it. But you have to understand what it is you're um, what it is that you're doing. So my first one is is definitely ask yourself why. Um, the second one is just be kind to people because you know what people are going through. And lots of people, I'm a talker, I, I'm an actor, I'm a presenter, I love talking and it helps me to get everything out. And the idea of helping people is, it, it, it helps me, self-preservation. But lots of people don't talk and they feel uncomfortable talking and you just never know what's going on in their little lives. So my second thing would just be, be kind because it comes around to you as well um, in anything that you're doing. Um, and the third thing is make, it, make the change. If, if there's something that is so important to you and you and it's going to make you feel happier and more fulfilled in your life, make the change. Don't, don't wait until it's too late to do it because um, you just never know. So just get out there and do it because life is short. Um, they were amazing, um, amazing, amazing answers, Sean. Um, I really, yeah, can resonate with that. And I think um, with the why, it's actually taking ownership, isn't it? With a lot mm. of the things that you're saying is, is don't, you know, we always have two choices. Own your choice. No, yes. Don't try and throw it onto someone else. Oh, well, yes, that happened because of, no, 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 you take ownership. And well, yeah. I couldn't help that the traffic was delayed. Well, you could help because you could have gone out sooner. Yeah, you know, like, I'm exactly. not saying that we do it or even I do it, yeah. but but we, you know, don't blame anyone else. No. You you got to be accountable for your own actions and take ownership. Yeah, and, like, and as they say, don't they, Natasha? You all know this, but you could always find a good reason not to do something that you don't really want to do. So, you know, when I used to work from home all the time and I had a report that I needed to fill in, it's amazing how quickly I go and put a load of washing in the washing machine <laughs> you know and you think, what a strange thing to do um because you can always you can always find a reason not to go to the gym you can always find a reason why you know you're gonna eat, eat this instead of that but actually if you drill down um why you're doing it then um as you say, at least you're going to own it. So either own it, own it and, and deal with it, but don't, don't do it and then moan about it or, you know, feel guilty about it. Um, yeah, you've you. I think we've all done that, haven't we? I've certainly done that. Yeah, I busied myself. Oh, I've done all the washing tonight. Yeah, because I have not done, you know, what I should be doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Got to be busy. Um, so I'd like to go into some other questions because you obviously mentioned there about being a speaker and an actress and broadcaster. Um, yeah. So as an actor, you you would have had to deal with uh, your inner emotions, fears on a daily basis because I can't believe like when you've got to 
be up on stage or broadcast live that there aren't the nerves and I, I they say don't they that it, is it nerves or is it excitement we just don't mm. know the difference between the two emotions but what were your go-to strategies to help you deal with the up and down nature of the whole profession because it is very up and down you'll have a job you won't have a job you know was it good wasn't I good did I suck was I you know oh I was amazing oh no that I was crap then you know like yeah. it's a constant roller coaster isn't it so what were your yeah. strategies yeah and it's it's particularly with the acting because acting is I think you're judged within uh, about 30 seconds that you walk into a room for certain castings not all but but certain castings so it is it is very aesthetic and for me what I learned very quickly is that whatever it is that you're doing within those environments you have to have a real passion or love for what it is that you that you are doing in as much as I very quickly realized that theatre for me is my preferred um, platform for acting rather than um, you know television or screen work um, because when you transform into another character and it's live, there is an incredible rush. And you're right, there is a real balance between um, excitement and nerves. And I guess I've always, I've always compared it to um, going on a roller coaster, which I cannot understand why anybody does that at all. And and uh, my son, I don't think I've ever been on a roller coaster, maybe once, because it's just utterly terrifying to me. And yet, of course, to other people, the thought of standing up in front of lots of people and talking is terrifying to them. But I find that really quite exciting. But as I say, de- dealing with um, those emotions and dealing with that, it's all about being completely connected to what it is that you're delivering and talking about. And that's why I feel so passionate about, um, I'm starting up a podcast. I am, um, I'm already part of the professional association of speaking anyway, but I really want to share my story because suddenly my voice is clearer than it has been in years. And if you can find a connection to what it is that you're talking about, then the nerves will subside. And it's all about just kind of being really true to yourself and, um, you know, delivering it from the heart. (laughs) (laughs) Even if your heart's a bit wobbly. Very, very poetic. I, I absolutely love that. I know, and it's not the first time that I've heard that it's saying about that authenticity and if yeah. your heart is pure, even if it is a bit wobbly, but yeah. just that genuineness, you know, people see through and it's, you know, and it's energy as well. I think that's the other point when you're saying about a theatre, it's a reciprocal yeah. energy. You, yes. You're giving out that energy, but that reciprocity is coming back, if I've said that correctly. Yeah. And with acting and theatre, you find your truthfulness as well. So even though you're playing a different character, character you find your own emotion connection to it so it's it's still authentic it's still because it's still your emotion really you're just you're just pretending that it's part of somebody else's but it's still you know for me theatre acting it is it is my meditation because when I am on stage I don't have the capacity to think of anything else other than the lines that need to come out and my emotional connection to what it is that I'm saying I I can't think about work I can't think about you know whether my son's uniform needs ironing because I have to be completely focused in that moment and it is like a meditation to me um which will sound ludicrous to some people I'm quite sure because I'm sure they just think it's terrifying but for me it's my it's my my time 
I like that it's actually, again, the point of being very present. And again, uh, it doesn't matter then what profession or what we're doing in life. There are those similes you need to be present and when you're truly immersed and present not trying to do everything else which is what we failing miserably at probably to a certain extent of, of overloading with too much but 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 doing one thing and doing it really really well um so yeah delivering a fantastic performance like that and an energy um it yeah as as you say it it probably can be terrifying for some people but it's it's very empowering I would imagine as well and even though you may be playing another character your energy and what you put into that character is completely unique because there is no one like you so even if the character is the the same you know why is it that actors win BAFTAs because they come with you know like Tom Hanks you know I I think he's one of the most amazing actors out there yeah you know the energy that he brings to that role it's just he's unique yeah absolutely absolutely so what's the most memorable moment of your acting career and why so the most memorable moment was I took a one uh, it was a one woman play and it was written by a a writer called Moira Buffini and it's called Jordan and um, I won best female actress for it actually and it was myself playing lots of different characters in there um and so and it was about one hour 20 minutes which I performed for six weeks every single day at 1 1 p.m um which was in itself a physically um something you know physically and mentally um really quite hard but the content of it which which sounds it sounds horrendous it was actually the character in it was actually quite funny so it, it wasn't quite as bad as it sounds but it was based on a true story which was um written by a lady who met a woman called Shirley Jones in a prison and she was in uh, prison for committing infanticide so she had suffocated her baby but she'd also tried to take her own life and it was about how she'd been let down by the system uh, hugely let down by her family and and this awful thing had happened and it's set in the courtroom so the audience are the judge and the jury and she just tells her story from beginning to end and it was captivating and enlightening and um just one of the the most beautifully written um plays that i've ever had the pleasure of being involved in but it did it did take over it took me over for for um probably a year we taught it for a year in the end but that was that was fantastic to to be able to play a part like that that was amazing Wow. I always wonder how it feels like because that energy it's like how do you then come back to I mean I've got another question to ask you but how do you come back to to normality after that buzz how long does it take to sort of oh it's really it's normal yeah it's really difficult for that particular one it was it, it left a lot of the audience quite quite distraught towards the end actually but um and me as well so we agreed very quickly that I wouldn't wouldn't really come back out and take any bows because normally I was sat around the back of the stage having a little moment to myself trying to recover um, from how tragic it was but but when I'm in plays that are obviously a lot more light-hearted I do do comedy roles as well but um, yeah the buzz you come back and I think gosh I think that's why that there's so many actors that drink too much because you know you come out and <laughs> 
suddenly absolutely wide awake and, and buzzing and it's like the night's just started and it takes a good hour to kind of let that adrenaline just settle down and and then you are utterly exhausted you know you are out like a light so it's uh it's an it's an amazing an amazing feeling but um you do go on a, a real yeah emotional roller coaster with it oh yeah i bet i bet uh, yeah i can't even imagine like if you're in front of any audience whether that's you know a small audience or a huge audience at the end of the day a collective audience is an audience and, and they're coming to see you it must be an amazing experience so what's the most important thing you've learned in your life and this obviously could be more relevant to just recent um, mm -hmm. naturally and and how has it changed you Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I don't want to say life is short because, you know, that that's really the obvious. But I think probably the thing that I have learned most is is that we need we need to be we need to take care of ourselves in in every way. And I know it's a cliche, but if we can't take care of ourselves, we really can't take care of other people. And, and that it's all right to let your guard down and that it's okay to go through a series of emotions when, you know, when you're, when you're going through things, it's okay to be vulnerable. And it's, it's okay to, um, just submit, just give in to what it is that you're feeling and to share your emotions. And um, I've, you know, my acting industry uh, is, is a hard industry and I actually have made the decision a little bit to pull away from it because of that, because it's emotionally very difficult um, and not necessarily great, you know, mentally. Um, but the result of that is that I have lived life probably with a bit of a facade and a bit of a mask up and always been the strongest and the battler and, you know, life's never going to affect me. And actually what I've learned is that it's OK to ask for help and it's OK to be vulnerable. And actually, when people see you in that way, it you are much more human and it's real. Um, so I guess that's what I've particularly learned over the last the last little while. Um, yeah. yeah, and it empowers it empowers uh, other people, and like you say, to be honest and open. I think there's there's the social media uh, of what people portray, but I've heard this being said mm -hmm. that you know for every bit of light there is the dark, and people are only ever showing the light, but there is all the dark, and and showing yes. that authenticity and that vulnerableness actually enables us to connect because we're all very similar beings at the end of the day so I'm going to make you vulnerable now <laughs> by putting a bit of you uh, on the spot with the 15 quick uh, fire question round oh yes times um so it's 15 seconds that you have to answer an either or or the first thing that comes to your mind and I'm sure you're going to be very good at this being an actor oh gosh um, so pressure obviously times yeah it is yeah <laughs> obviously time so the first thing that comes to your head and if you pass then there'll be a 10 second penalty so I will try and speak as clearly and as fast as I can okay and off you go Paul or me oh sorry I missed that just say again Paul, Paul swimming pool or sea a swimming pool 5k or marathon 5k skydive or bungee jump 
skydive. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Favourite podcast? Yours. <laughs> Plank or wall sit? Oh, sorry, say again. Plank, plank or wall sit? Oh, plank. Sprouts or bananas? Or oh, bananas. Smart or casual? Smart. Most proud of? My son. Monopoly or Scrabble? Monopoly. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Favourite author? Shakespeare. Name a famous person you'd like to meet? Ooh, Judy Dench. Oh, best business decision? Uh, my catering company, Ginger Catering. Most, most inspirational quote or saying? Ooh, um... oh gosh, I can't think of any. I think you've been saying them. Be kind to yourself would be one. That's, is that mine? Life's Too yeah, Short no, by actress yeah. Sean Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> Life's Too Short. Oh, you just got it in. You got it in under the one and a half minutes. Uh, one that minute 29, Scott, much... eight, two. That was much harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's being put on the spot, you see. That's the I quite thing, like it. And, uh... <laughs> I loved that you yeah. mixed up spouts with bananas. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and just for the listeners, they don't know what questions they're getting. And then unless they've listened to all of my podcasts, they won't know the questions. And these these guests are busy people, so I'm sure they haven't um, been listening to all of them. So um, I just wanted to ask a couple more questions. Um, so out of your contacts, Sean, who would you be happy to introduce this podcast to with a view of becoming a potential guest? You don't have to mention names, but do you have anyone in mind that you think, yes, they would be a really good fit? And I think they'd love to do uh, an episode. Um, yes, there's a there's a lady that um, actually I've uh, well we met on Clubhouse, which is the the online um, social forum, um, and now on Instagram. And um, she's gone through a fantastic change as well over the last few years, um, and has an inc- a, a, a beautiful mindset and a lovely aura and i think she she would be fantastic to go on your podcast okay so you have to tell me off air who she is so, I will do. um where, where can people find you sean um and obviously know more about the catering business obviously if they are up in your neck of the woods yes so the catering business is called ginger catering and events and we have um ginger catering and events.co.uk and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook social media channels. Um, I'm Sean Whedon, and you can find me on seanweedon.co.uk, which talks about uh, my public speaking and uh, we'll have my new podcast coming up on there and also links to the acting and presenting work that I've been doing. Um, and then you can also obviously find me on, on social media as well on the Instagram, but seanweedon.co.uk is the best place to find me. Excellent. I like all that. Yep. So I will put this all in the show notes as well. So, um, you know, people can uh, click on that as well. But I just want to say, so out of 10, with one being pants and 10 being perfectly <laughs> splendid, I ask all of my guests this, how would you rate this episode? 
I'm going to say a nine um, because I couldn't think of a really good quote and it's going to annoy me so much that I'm going to have to go and find one now and send you it. (laughs) (laughs) So so it lost lost one point just because I couldn't think of a quote, which seems a little bit unfair, actually. But then at least then you'll have that quote then stamped there, won't you? For, for, oh, and then some, yeah. somehow then you'll, you'll want it in some next speaking event. and you'll Yes, that's it. I'll have to put it there. It'll be all over my website. Yeah, lodged <laughs> it in my brain. Um, so talking of quotes, I'm going to leave the episode with a quote by Abraham Lincoln. And the best way to predict your future is to create it. So... Um, yeah, on that, I just fantastic. want to say thank you so much, Sean, for, for coming on the podcast and being a guest and sharing your story and sharing your truth. Um, so um, until next time, because hopefully um, we will be able to do another episode when you are bionic at some stage, whenever that will be. That was the episode bionic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Natasha. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you. But obviously that was a very powerful episode and some real key points to take away. We don't need to have a wobbly heart ourselves to take on board some of the tips mentioned and why we should, you know, sometimes take stock of um, where we're at and perhaps be a little bit more present. And talking of presence, well, guess what? We've got the competition again. So if you want to be in a chance to win, well, what do you have to do? If you thought this episode was five stars, then you need to head over to iTunes and leave a written review about the episode, stating what you enjoyed the most uh, to be in with a chance to win. What will you win? Well, a 15-minute call, 15-minute call to dissect and understand your why. This is a super 15-minute motivational pick-me-up, especially with Sean herself. Um, And I think that would be a very valuable 15 minutes spent being very present so the winner will be drawn at random and posted on the instagram planted mindset podcast the following week after this podcast has been aired so remember those entry requirements if you thought this episode was five stars then you need to follow us both on instagram sean whedon and the planted mindset podcast head over to itunes and leave a written review of what you enjoyed most about this particular episode on itunes and then snap a copy you must 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 snap a copy of that review and share it in your stories on instagram tagging us both in otherwise we're not going to pick it up you need to tag us in for us to be notified and then everyone that tags us in if you don't follow all these steps then i'm afraid your entry won't be valid so you need to follow all of those steps and then your name will go in the drawer to be picked out at random the following week after this episode has been aired. So as the saying goes, be in it to win it, but also share this episode to family and friends because um, I think this is really relevant. That would be a real heartfelt gesture. Um, so I think that would be something that if we get more people to listen, then maybe just, you know, people to be aware because sometimes as Sean said in the episode, it was because she was fit and healthy that she noticed. Sometimes we do tend to ignore our body and the signs that it's telling us. So maybe this podcast episode would be a really good 
gentle reminder for people to look after their own health and wellness, um, but hopefully of valuable content as well. So until the next episode, have a great day.